Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. That's right, from coast to coast, each and every Monday night, you can find us here at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's 8 o'clock in the Central Time Zone, 7 o'clock if you're in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, or wherever you may be around the globe. This is where you find us each and every Monday night on the Soul of America Radio Network. I am your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm always so glad to come to you each and every week because we believe that this show is designed with you in mind. And we believe that this show has the opportunity to bring hope and healing as we educate and empower around a very serious subject matter, and that is the subject of domestic violence. As we know, the issue of domestic violence does not discriminate. And we try to make this platform here a platform not only to address domestic violence, but uh, we'll, we really address any type of hurt or pain that will, that has caused pain to you that you may need healing from. So whether it's uh, domestic violence, sexual violence, maybe it's spiritual abuse, maybe it's uh, uh, divorce, it could be separation, it could be abandonment, whatever it may be. It could be death and grief. But we believe that this platform is important to bring healing to those that are hurting. And so for now, going on our third year, it is our third year anniversary that this show have had the opportunity to reach thousands of individuals, and we're doing so by way of the Soul of America Radio Network. And so what I want you to do is know that there's three ways that you can join us tonight. You can join us by way of the Internet. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com, and simply go there to where it says Hope and Healing and hit Live Show, and you can get us right there. And then you can also join us by way of calling area code 323-784-9638. That is how you can reach us tonight. And keep in mind, all of our shows are recorded. They're in podcasts, so they're available less than 30 minutes after the broadcast. So you can always go to the show archives, and you can choose to share this show with someone, a friend, a neighbor, maybe someone that you're concerned about. Maybe you just didn't know how to strike up the conversation about domestic violence. But what a way to be able to introduce this subject matter by way of some of the shows that have come forth. We've had tremendous shows over the years as we address this subject matter, and no matter how much we address it, we understand 
that this issue is still alive and is still very well. And so it is incumbent upon us to continue to not only raise this message, it's incumbent upon us to continue to do the work that we do. And we're always grateful to have that happening. Now, I want you to know, those of you that are following us on Facebook, there's a couple of ways to follow us. You can follow us through our Domestic Violence Is Your Business page, which is an open group page there where you will find much information, uh, different testimonials, different ways and resources on that page. But you also can find us through pages such as uh, the Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship page, which is a very much an encouraging page there for so many. And then I want to also invite you to also go to our J.R. Thickland page, and that's another way you can reach us inside of that. I want you to visit uh, Indy uh, Harlem World page. That's another page in which you could uh, f- uh, find some of the services that are offered by uh, Indy Harlem, who is our administrator, our, our chief administrator there with our uh, uh, Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship. So I want to make sure tonight that you're understanding that what an opportunity that we have to make a difference inside of addressing this very serious issue here. It doesn't go away. It is not confined to the month of October, although we know we just got through with Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but I want you to know this issue is not confined to October. This issue continues to spill over, and as I say that, even for those that are listening from the South Florida area tonight. Last week, we had an incident that happened almost a week ago where a young lady who was a school bus driver here was murdered uh, by her estranged uh, lover uh, and partner that he murdered her as she was on her, as she was on her break. Uh, and uh, he broke into her house, and not only did he break into her house, but he also uh, he waited there for her, and he killed her. These are serious issues. These are serious matters that continue to happen. And I believe that it's incumbent upon us as individuals, as advocates, as community members to have a voice to speak out against this. And so one of the things that you've heard us talk about here last week, and we continue this conversation today, is that we're dealing with confronting the culture of violence, confronting the culture of violence. We believe that this culture of violence have reached far and has reached very deep inside of the lives of those that are being affected by it. We believe the culture of violence is just that. There, To a certain degree, there's a culture that we accept in America. It's a culture of violence. It is that which we allow to be. It is that which we continue to talk about, and yet it's still we continue to allow to occur. And so I believe that inside of that, that we have a responsibility to not only speak up against it, but I believe that we have a responsibility to begin to make some differences in the lives of others. So I want to say this to you tonight, is that as we uh, journey in this show here, and we're going to have some guests on in just a minute, but as we journey into this show here, one of the things I want to say to you is the fact that we have so much uh, to be doing. We have so much to contribute to this. This work is never done. We're looking at the situation here inside of dealing with the issue of domestic violence, that there are so many people that are being impacted by this issue. That means that people from every walk of life are experiencing it on an increasing basis. And so when we talk about increasing basis, we are talking about the fact that domestic violence is not going away. We're seeing it happen in so many different arenas and happening to so many different lives. So it's incumbent upon us 
that we continue to speak up and speak out. It's incumbent upon us that not only do we speak up and speak out, but it's also incumbent upon us that we begin to continue to lift up this voice and lift up this message. Domestic violence never stays put. It is affecting people from every walk of life. And so that, in a nutshell, is what we want to address tonight because so many lives are impacted by this. So many lives are actually shattered by this. You've heard me talk about the fact that our community are torn by violence. Our families are destroyed by violence, and our faith is tested by it. And one of the reasons and one of the ways we know so, it is through this issue of domestic violence. So as we are getting ready to get our show started, once again, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight on the show. If you'd like to have a question and a comment, uh, you'd like to uh, speak, simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the air, and we can get you on the air. Now, you don't have to give your name or number, but uh, definitely we want to be able to bring you on the air and have this dialogue with so many tonight. So even as we get ready tonight, last week we had a very unique show. We started uh, uh, 30 minutes early. The show really went almost three hours. It was two hours and 15 minutes, I believe it was. But very compelling show as we actually dealt with the fact of the confronting the culture of violence. And it was at that time that I knew that we need to adopt this as our theme for this month, as we confront this culture of violence. And last week, two of the guests we had on was uh, both Leela Adams and we had uh, Minister Cassandra Smith. Now, Cassandra uh, is on with us again tonight. Uh, we've had a tragedy that have happened here in the greater uh, Palm Beach area on last week. Uh, I do, I do know that she's been reaching out as well and trying to reach out to family members of the young lady who was murdered at the hands of her estranged partner. And I want to get Cassandra on here in just a moment because I want to start some dialogue, but I want you to join on. So at any given time, if you want to come on, just simply hit the uh, just simply hit the one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you want to come on and we'll get you on the air. So at this point in time here, I want to uh, get Cassandra on the airways here. I'm just waiting for uh, uh, the board to tell me that she's going to be with us, that she's there. I know she's there, but we're trying to make the transition here to get her on so that we can begin to have this dialogue because we think that it's very important. Uh, to do so. So let me see. Cassandra, are you on today? Okay, so here we go. Let me see again. I think we're trying to get her on again, just looking at the studio here and see what is happening here. And I want us to come on, give a big uh, round of applause and welcome. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey of wholeness. You're on the air again tonight. Thank you for joining us. How are you? We're good. We're blessed. And uh we're blessed, but we're fired up by by this issue of domestic violence that is not going away. That we're seeing it happen right here at our very doorsteps tonight. And uh, I know that you and I have had kind of communicated here about the situation that recently happened here in Palm Beach County. And there are so many things that are going on. And uh, I think yes, the part that is so tragic about this is that when we look at it, this young lady actually did the right things. She she got yes, out. She she relocated and, and those things, and yet it's still uh, she found herself being a victim of domestic violence. So uh, I want to definitely hear your perspective on that and sharing. And I want to kind of talk about uh, this whole part of, of, of lethality, the danger of this type of ab- abusive relationship, and why uh, we really need support out there. 
Yes, this kind of hits very close to home because I personally know her. And we had spoke prior to this situation where I asked her would she be willing to come to a support group and, you know, just express herself and to let people know how she got out. Because, as you know, I was in a 17-year, you know, situation. And we talked. Let me ask you, could you, our producer saying, is there a way, I don't know if there's a speaker phone up or volume, but I think the echo is coming back. Is that what's happening? Yeah, they're sending echoes coming back. I'm not sure if it's a speaker phone or what, but I'm, uh, they're hearing an echo coming back. Oh, okay. Is it better? Okay. Is that better, yes. guys? Okay. Yes. And on top of that, I um, she's a coworker of my mom's, and it just was a shock. This has really shocked um, the school district, the community. I mean, I have people on social media speaking out about it, and it, it really hit me really hard because I had previously spoken with her, and I told her it was a good job. I told her, I asked her, would she be willing to come? You know, I was getting ready to do an event before October about domestic violence because, again, as I say, it's not just in your home. You have people in the church that need to know that it's okay. It's okay to get out, how to get out, what support groups are out there, what resources are out there. I'm one of the resources. You know, we have the ministry again, God Heals All Hurt. And I, and then for me to hear about it on the news and then um, a person I went to school with said on social media, and then I seen her picture, I was like, no way, no way. And I and I'm praying that the system does not fail us. And when you mention the system not failing us, you know, for many people, when we talk about the system, uh, you know, and I'd like for you just to clarify it a little bit. But it's interesting, okay. and I, you know, and I started this conversation out talking about there's a certain allowance, there's a certain tolerance for certain violence in this country. In other words, it's amazing how we're willing to rally and we're march and we'll, you know, we'll we'll tote our signs, no justice, no peace, when it comes to what we call in, unfair uh, violence of uh, violence that happened from police officers to uh, uh, innocent uh, civilians, and uh, we we will rally when we think there's injustice. And yet, it's still domestic violence is the most common form of violence that exists. It's the most predictable form of violence that exists. And yet it's still, we don't see that same type of outpouring. We don't see people want to rally behind that. And people, we don't see pastors and churches coming out saying, listen, we're not going to tolerate domestic violence. We don't see that happen. And yet it's still, when there is an issue that we can point to a larger culprit, police officers, systems, courts, we're ready to march. And yet it's still, we're not ready to do the things that is required to help eliminate and eradicate domestic violence right from our home. So what say you That's when you true. talk about the system failing us, when what way in what way do we need well, the system to work for us is first of all, we as victims we really don't tell. You know, not right away. Because again we 
my situation, I didn't have a platform like now or advocate really, you know, that I felt safe to say, listen, this is happening to me, you know. And then for him to already have done this, and then, boom, he killed her. Is that the act? Because from my understanding, when I talked to her before, before she put, when she put the restraining order in place, they said they had to catch him in the act. And I thought that was not a very good thing. I think that we need to readdress this piece of paper and what does it entail. Does it need to be better? Yes, it does. Because, again, I have a lifetime restraining order on one of my abusers, and he came to Florida with no regard. And I was told, well, as long as he's not coming to you. But I thought as long as I reside here, anywhere in Florida, that if he came, he would be arrested. So I think that the people that are coming up with these pieces of paper and these laws and everything, they should talk to us, the victims, so they would know. Because half of them that are lawmakers and things, haven't it, had, it haven't happened to them or it hasn't hit close to home. So when we look at that, you know, my understanding with this young lady here, she she had not gotten a restraining order that she – was seeking a restraining order, although she had uh, removed herself from her former residence, and she was now in a different place, uh, relocated for a fresh start and all those things there. One of the things that we have to say when we look at restraining orders and and those type things there is that, yes, restraining orders is basically a piece of paper that that has the backing of law enforcement to try to uh, protect the victim, to keep that distance, uh, whether it's 900 feet or whatever it may be, away from that victim. And the thing about it is this, normally a restraining order, in order to get it, one must, you know, they have to go and file for this injunction. There are many services that are that are available for people. Uh, you have uh, here in Palm Beach County, you have Palm Beach County Victim Services, uh, and where you definitely they will assist you and get a, a restraining order, as well as the Sheriff's Department has victim advocates as well, and they assist inside of it. One of the problems that happen with people sometimes is that they go the wrong, the wrong route. If you're dealing with a person or even a lawyer who has no experience in uh, uh, filing uh, what we call domestic violence injunctions or restraining orders, then you may put yourself in a bad position because just because they're a lawyer doesn't mean that they have experience specialized in understanding domestic violence and restraining orders. Yes, that's just like you going to a gynecologist and and he telling you about your heart, and he he's not capable of that. That's not what he went to school for. You know, and this, again, this is a big, I don't know, did I lose you? I'm not sure if I lost you there, but if I did, uh, 
definitely come back. Look like I did lose that. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Fickman. I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight. Here, here's Open Line. However, we're talking about the fact, confronting the culture of violence, and what are our options? And I'd like to hear from many of you that are out there. Women, you don't have to give your name, or men. If you're a victim or survivor of domestic violence, I want you to hear, and I want you to actually share with this audience, what are some of the obstacles one uh, you need to overcome, or what are some of the things they need to overcome in order to break free of these abusive relationships? Definitely we need the, uh, you know, we definitely need restraining orders, and we were talking about that just before uh, Cassandra was knocked off, so uh, she's back with us today, uh, and Cassandra, welcome back. We were talking about uh, the fact that these restraining orders, so uh, you may continue. And yes, and and as I said, you can't go to a gynecologist and he's talking to you about your heart. That's a cardiologist's job. And one thing that people, and especially women and victims, they don't know that at the courthouse on the third floor, there's a there is an immediate thing that they will if you get there I, when they open in the morning no later than 12, they will give you an answer right away. Grabbing your, the violence, you have to, some people don't want to go into detail. If you don't go into detail, the judge is not looking at that. You have to go into detail. And the more detail you go into, the better it is. Because it's, it's not just, oh, you think that, okay, if it's a restraining order and that's it, or if they go to first appearance and that judge say, oh, he can't be within this many feet of you. Listen, that and that's good too, but it's not a restraining order. It's just an in, an injunction for it's that just time. just a no-contact order, yes. Right, it's a no-contact order. And a no-contact order and a, and a restraining order are two different things. Two yes, different things. Absolutely. And people, and, you, and, and a, a lot of people didn't know that. I was one of them in the beginning, but then I read up on it. I went to understand it. And there's two different types of restraining orders. Yeah, absolutely. There's it is. One thing that you said I want to make sure that our listeners heard, and by the way, you're listening to Hope and Healing and Journey to Hold Us. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. Uh, we have on the line with us uh, uh, Cassandra Smith, a uh, survivor of domestic violence, and we're talking about issues such as restraining orders and other things that we need. One thing that I definitely bears repeating is the fact that one of the keys of getting a restraining order injunction is that you have to be descriptive. You have to not only state what happened to you, you have to state your, how did you feel when it happened? You have to state your fear of life, your fear of death, your fear of dying, your fearfulness of the situation, why you think it would escalate. Uh, you know, you fear for your life because of uh, the things that they threaten to do, you know, verbally. You know, you need to, the more information you give that will voice really the way you feel, the greater chance that you are going to see that restraining order granted. To just simply say, I was afraid of him or I was afraid of her will not get you a restraining order. Right. That's correct. And you have to be very in-depth of why are you afraid? What do you think is going to happen at this point? You know, and, again, the the young lady that, that she just, she wasn't expecting that. 
she she didn't expect that because again he was supposed to be at a rehab that she even in even getting out of the situation she encouraged him to go get some help. Absolutely, and we we see this happening so often, you know. And and there are those that say, well, you know, he was on drugs or he was rehabbing or he was on. Listen, understand this: that alcohol and drugs is not what makes a person abusive. There are many people that drink and that are drink alcohol, but they're not abusive. Just like there are many people that are abusive that don't drink. So we can't lay that blame on that situation. We have to understand this pattern of behavior that has been going on, that have threatened her, that has manipulated her, that have hurt her in time past. She did the right thing. She relocated. But I want to kind of get to the point that is so important here because of the fact getting away is not the last and final frontier. We have to understand that the most gravest period of danger for a victim of domestic violence is once she leaves the abusive relationship. That is the greatest period of danger. That's why it's so important that when one gets ready to do so that, you know, that you really look into really getting a real good safety plan. What are you going to do? What's going to be next? How you're going to do it? Making sure those things align up. Cause of the fact, oftentimes what happens when a victim leaves a perpetrator, they also lose the sense of predictability. Most of the time the victim knows that, that, that person's routine. They know those things about them. But once they leave, now the predictability is also gone because you don't know if you're running to them, whether or not they show up at your house or whatever. And so these things are very much uh, uh, become very, very dangerous very quick, and they escalate very fast. And as we saw in this case here, this escalated very fast in the sense of uh, uh, my understanding from the reports is that he followed her from home uh, the previous week, I mean from school, uh, from her job the previous week. And that's how he found out where she lived. And he and, uh, she called the police then. And now then he comes back on this dreaded day. He comes while she's gone to work, breaks into her house, waits there for her to come, stabs her to death. Mm-hmm. And the most common thing that I learned for every one person that you meet, you have at least 10 mutual people. I've learned that. For one person that you have an encounter with, there there are at least 10 mutual people. And when I say that, I say it to say this. When you decide to leave, and sometimes you have to basically almost go into hiding, Almost. Not to say, okay, yeah, I'm talking to such and to, I'm just going to use this Mary. And and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I stay here now. Now, Mary meets somebody else that knows you now. And you just told her, and she's like, oh, yeah, she moved to such, to such and such. Not knowing, you really don't want anyone to know where you are. Because you want to be safe. Well, one of the things that is so important inside of that is, you know, understanding safety, understanding the things that we must do, understanding the things that are very important. Because uh, having a good safety plan and having a good outlet is so important. And it's vital if we're going to be, 
if we're going to be uh, found alive inside of this. And we have to have a support system that is there to help reinforce that, and I think that's very important. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and you're listening to us here right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And I want you to know that you can reach us at area code 323-784-9638. You have a question and a comment, we'd love to hear from you tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. by choice to fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for light minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am MD Harlem too, and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio. Worldwide Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to SOAR. And now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. And welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here Tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network, we're still dealing here with confronting the culture of violence, 
And uh, we have with us tonight, uh, who is uh, called in tonight again, is Cassandra Smith. And we were talking about restraining orders and all the things that go along with it. But we're talking about safety. What is the next step? How do we make ourselves safe as a people, as individual? And what is our collective responsibility as a, as a community inside of addressing domestic violence? We're back with you, Cassandra. You're on the air. Yes, and the safety plan is First of all, you have to have a mindset to get out, a willingness to get out and readiness. And then the next step is people want to take everything that they have. You can't do that. Take the important stuff. Even if you have to get a little knapsack, as I call them, put you, if you got your kids, something that's going to get you by for the next two days. That's it, because you only have a, a short window of opportunity to leave. You only have that. And the important things like your kids' versatility, social, and your stuff. And and then the next thing is don't get on social media first. Don't do that. Do not. Well, absolutely. You don't want to put yourself in any type of danger. One of the things that's important that when a person is getting ready to leave an abusive relationship, three things you don't want to do. You don't want to come across as if you're threatening the perpetrator. You know, I'm going to leave you. I, you know, you watch to see I'm going to leave you because what you will do is definitely cause that situation to escalate. And, um, and it will escalate from the standpoint of the fact that now you are taking power from the perpetrator and may become even more agitated and frustrated and oftentimes the violence will increase so it's not something you want to make these announcements or these threat like things it's not something that you want to tell everybody i'm getting ready to leave because your safety is really predicated upon not a whole lot of people knowing what the next move is going to be so it's very important for that uh, uh to be in place and as uh as Cassandra said, that you have to have a mindset that I'm leaving and that you have to have a mindset of what's going to happen inside of that time frame. So that's important. Very much important. And then on top of that, find a, even if you have to call 211, and sometimes, especially in Palm Beach County, the shelter gets packed in full fast. It gets cracked. It gets full very fast. So you have to be able to say, okay, this is what I need to do for me or even if it's with your children too. In my case, it was me and my my kids and I had to say, okay, let me call 211 and gradually, gradually remove yourself because again, you only get that that one opportunity. When you see it, take it, because you may not get another opportunity. And that's very important inside of, our, inside of that is the fact that, you know, you have to take your time. Now, for those of you that are listening from other parts of the country, it might not be 211 in your area, but there is a definite emergency link there where you get information in your area there. And I just want to give out to you, those of you that are uh, maybe calling from across the country, the national hotline number is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. If you're here in the state of Florida, you, the uh, state of Florida domestic violence hotline is 
1-800-500-1119. But whatever situation you're in, it's good to find safety inside of it. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that inside of what's going on, and you need to uh, know that you have to be very strategic inside of this. Uh, leaving is not always the easy thing. You may want to look at the time to leave. We do know one of the times that you don't want to leave is right after a very, uh, very uh, intense argument. Those type of things, because then the perpetrator is almost expecting that and they're able to calculate your move and your time, and so you want to be very careful about those things. You may have to wait to a period of time where you're being gentle, where you're where you're where things are seemingly calm down, where you're trying to set the atmosphere so that you can get away, and that's going to be very important inside of making this work as well. Exactly. Because this young lady, this young lady. He knew her routine. He knew it. He knew it. Even when she thought, okay, I got him. He's somewhere away from me, so now let me, you know, I can continue. No, you can't. And I I learned different patterns how to get to my destination, to my home, to to my job, and, and to the point where I changed locations of my job. You know, I went to another place, so that way he couldn't get to me, and I didn't even stay like I stayed because I I didn't want to make it a common or a regular thing to do. I didn't want to make that regular so he would know, and he knew her routine. He knew that at this point in time, this is when she goes to lunch. This is when she does what she does. So those things are very important inside of addressing the issue of domestic violence here. Erico 323-784-9638, that's the number in which you can reach us. Erico 323-784-9638, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, D.R. Ficklin. I have with me tonight as a guest, Cassandra Smith is back with us. Uh, she is the founder of God Can Heal All Hurts. Uh, uh, ministries and uh, definitely a survivor of domestic violence. And when we come back right after this break, we want to just deal with a little bit here about the responsibility of community and churches in addressing this issue. So right after the commercial break, we'll pick that up. Good 
Needing the voice of wisdom in a relationship. Needing a new direction to go in in an abusive situation. That's why we're here. This is the Soul of America Radio. I'm so very glad you've joined us tonight for the Soul of America Radio Network. We're right here tonight as we come to you every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be around the globe, that's how you reach us tonight. Uh, We have here on the line with us Cassandra Smith, and we have other callers there. We invite you to call in. Uh, Tonight's show, we're going to end in about 15 minutes here, so I want to definitely get your call in tonight. If you're there, uh, you can call area code 323-784-9638. That is how you get in. If you have a question to end or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the air, and we will bring you on the air tonight. And so it is so important as we uh, as we segue there before the break there, we talked about on the other side of the break, we wanted to talk about the role of a community, the role of family, the role of churches, what is it that all these individuals can do when it comes to domestic violence? I mean, most recently we saw here in the greater South Florida area and around the country, you know, when we saw injustice happen, a police officer shoot a, shoot a young man who was broken down on the side of the road. It was a cry. It was an outcry. We came from everywhere. We gathered in large numbers, and, and we said enough is enough. We We demanded accountability and transparency. But the real question is, but how is it can see that type of reaction to that type of incident, and yet it's still, once again, the most predictable form of violence is domestic violence, and we can hardly even get news coverage about what's happened with this particular victim of domestic violence. What would you say is the responsibility of individuals and the community and the church? And that's true because some of the some of the, some women that are part of domestic violence are the women that are in the church, that's in the church. And we should have good stewardship. As leaders, we should have good stewardship over our people, over our, our because the, the word is, is, is very clear on my sheep will know my voice. But how can I know your voice when you don't share your voice or have concern? See, and, and the thing we, we, we're not getting back to is, to me, it's the old-time way where you had the church mothers, you had the women of the church, and you had these people talking to the young ladies, talking to young men to stand up and say, listen, I'm here for you. What is it? What do you need? You know, and everybody want to hush-hush when it comes to domestic, when it comes to to, to molestation and, and rape and all they want to be a hush-hush because they don't want you to know that it's in their family. They don't want you to know that business. You you need to know about somebody else's business so they can speak on that. And it's an injustice and it's not fair. 
it's never going to be right. So the shame factor has been a very big uh, problem where we don't want to expose that, and yet it's still people are suffering in silence. People are suffering, and this is not just little suffering. People suffer in tremendous ways. Social media is filled with, with so many clippings of violence that's happening. I saw a piece, a clip earlier tonight that just literally ripped my heart out where a young man shows up uh, and he comes in the a place where his baby mother was actually out with another guy. Now, I didn't say that was his current girlfriend, just that it was the baby's mother. And literally, uh, he beat her. He, he, he threw her down. He kicked her. He stomped her. He did all those things. And interesting enough, the, the man that she was out with didn't say a word, didn't try to intervene. There was another person who tried to intervene. But my real question here was the fact, what is it that made this guy feel like he had that type of ownership on her, that he could do that type of situation to her? I mean, well, someone on this learned violence, this is learned behavior, and uh, when a person reduces himself to that standpoint, where they're able, where they're willing to injure and even hurt or kill the other individual, then we have a real problem in the way that we deal with the situation. Well, for for me, I, I've been in that situation, and it was like, oh, I don't want you with. If I can't have you, if I can't have you, then no one can have you. It, it, we had that's what's a mentality, and the mentality does not just come overnight. This is a pattern. This is what was shown. This is what we, and then it goes back to that generational curse. It, it just really does, and people don't. They want to shy away from that, too. But it goes back to, to that, to saying, because in my situation, one of my situations, that's what was said to me. Oh, I, I, if I can't have you, nobody else will. I don't want this. I don't want no man around my children, and I, I don't want this, and I don't want that. But when you leave out of a home, you have given up all your rights to say anything to that young lady or vice versa, that young man, about their now their status of who they're dating or who they're out with. You, you have no say-so in that, no right, no nothing, once you and that person have parted ways. And, yet it's and it's still the need for them. It's okay for them to have somebody, but they don't want you with somebody. Interesting. And that happens way too often inside of that. So there is a responsibility. That's a responsibility as individuals within the community. I believe that men could do a great job of holding other men accountable. If we as men are willing to speak up and speak out, if we are men that are willing to hold one another accountable, if we are men that say, hey, man, nah, come on, man, that's not necessary, or that's not the way we roll around here, or begin to disassociate ourselves with men that batter and that ultimately speaks volume. When when men say, "Look, nah, man, we we don't roll like that. We don't, you know, we we I don't we don't hang out with men that beat their wives or beat their significant others." When we as men begin to stand up and say, "Man, that's not acceptable. Not in this house." That makes a big difference. And I think that's one of the things that people and victims have missed from the church. The church has not been vocal enough about domestic violence, have not taken a stance about it, and no one knows where the church stands because the church never said anything about it. So we got a case of the holy hush going on in the church, and yet it's still people hey, around them that, are dying. Man, because I have a young lady that I talk to 
and she was married to a pastor for a long time, a pastor. And he could get up, and I'm talking about preach the word, rightly divide the word of truth. But at his house, he was physically abusive, physically, not just to the the the, the wife, but also to the children. And so we see behavior, we see a pattern, we see a mindset there. And I keep telling people, one of the reasons I do believe that domestic violence is not addressed as much as it should be in the church is that because too often that that issue exists inside of leadership. And it's hard for a person to correct something that they are doing. And so rather correct. than say anything, say nothing. But saying that that only perpetuates the violence, it does not get people out of it. It continues to perpetuate hurt and uh, and as a matter of fact, leaves a person feeling without hope. And so, therefore, we have a responsibility, each and every one of us, to do something to speak up about it. And that has to be done. We have to do more to educate and to be there for victims and perpetrators of domestic violence. If men could hold other men accountable, then we could actually make some great attention out of this. And women, too. Because what happened to the church of the old? What happened to church mothers that were church mothers? What happened to deacons that were deacons? What happened to ministers and evangelists that were that stood up and, 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 and taught the women, taught the men how to be men? You, at the end of the day, anything that we know as human beings is because it's taught. It's taught. And it's repetitious. That's how we know. That's how it's somebody taught us something. Whether it's good Absolutely. or bad, it was taught. Absolutely, and that has been the case. And therefore, we all have this responsibility of what we can do to change things. That means that it is my business. It is your business. It's everyone's business. You love this to say that. Something. Oh, it ain't my business. It ain't me. So it ain't my business, but yes, it is your business as a leader, as a as a uh, uh, what I want to say uh, the the people in the community. I remember growing up, the community was involved. How they used to say it take a whole village to raise one child. If we could get back to that, we could get back to that and, and cut out all this other foolishness. Even if you're talking to your children. A wrong way. Oh, now you want to get the department of church and the family. But if you could, if you look at how we were raised, we didn't have so much of this. Now, yes, we did have a lot of domestic in the back, back then, and we had a lot of sexual assault. But at the same time, we had somebody getting involved. We had the church to go to. At the end of the day, the, the hospital is not the hospital. The church is the hospital. And when do we come in? Those are heavy laid. Where are they? And the atmosphere has to be created so that that could be the case, where people can be healed, where uh, where lives can be changed, people can be transformed. And that requires a church, and that requires a church that is willing to be on the front line, to be able to be world shakers, different makers, and that's really what it's all about tonight. Well, listen, stay tuned. Uh, tonight, we're so glad to have had each and every one of you that have listened tonight. And I want to charge each and every one of you to understand that there is something that you can do about it. You don't have to lie dormant. You don't have to continue to look at it from the standpoint as if you don't think that you can do anything. 
I'm here to tell you that you can make a great difference as it relates to eliminating and eradicating domestic violence. So once again, I want to, in our last parting words there uh, with Cassandra, any last parting words just before we get ready to go off the air? So uh, anything that you'd like to leave with this audience? Yes, that there is help, there is hope, there is healing, there is people out here that want to help, not just getting your business, but to help. And you have to have a mindset and a willingness to get help. If you can't, if you don't want help, you can't get healed. And I thank you for having me, and God bless, and continue the work. Continue the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a great word to each and every one of us. We've got to want to help. We've got to do the things that are going to bring about the change that we need to see happen in our society. Listen, tell a friend, tell a neighbor today. Let them know that, that there is no excuse for domestic violence. Do your part. Sound the alarm. So as you sound the alarm, things will change in the lives of so many others that are impacted by domestic violence. And until next week, this is J.R. Thicklet, and I'm saying to you, listen, break the silence of domestic violence. Good night. I think we're going. I'm seeing some things happening on the board. Let's see what we can do here. It'll be resolved in a second.
It's my own. 